0: To solve problems. And as I was sitting there, it was like Joseph who interpreted the dream for the king. He found favor, even though the king was a wicked man, he found favor with him because he solved a problem so big. Not only did it save him, it pulled him out of prison, it also set him up to be able to provide for the rest of his family who denied him later on. So, Father God, just lift your hands. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for the ability. I thank you, Father, for an anointing to come on your people, Father. The ability to problem solve, Father, in their workplace, Father. I thank you, Father, that supernatural increase shall happen as they solve problems that they didn't even know they could solve, that they they come into their workplace to be a blessing. Mm. And I thank you, Jesus, that they will find favor from the top. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
1: I like that. That's a good word for y'all. Yeah, I, I took it for that. myself.
0: I was like, Jesus, help me solve some old problems. Even for business owners, the bigger problem you solve, the more money you make. Do you know what I'm saying? If people need um, services or they need things done or they, God will give you abilities and ideas to be able to bring um, a solution to somewhere that they struggle that you'll be able to make more money. Amen. That's great. Yeah. Cause I don't think you guys were getting that. You guys were sleeping when she was talking. It was like a bunch of people, but like, chill. like just chill, halfway sleeping, not really taking it in. You guys aren't listening. You guys aren't awake this morning. Got to wake up. Everybody's saying, like, I think they should get up and stretch or something. Go ahead, stretch. Yeah.
1: Go ahead. Y'all need a, to stretch. Do a lap, lap around the building. Take a stretch.
0: Yeah, take a stretch. Be like, all right, yeah, get ready.
1: Hey, 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 hey. Touch your toes. Yeah, you got to
0: get ready to receive the word, you know what I mean? You got to wake up and make, make sure you're ready to pay attention.
1: Take deep breaths, like seven deep breaths. Get some oxygen in your lungs.
0: That's why I normally say a joke or so, just to get you guys laughing to wake y'all up. It's good.
1: I hope we're not boring. No,
0: I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Just joking. (laughs)
1: That was a good one. (laughs) All right. So we're building strong families. Look at the person next to you. Tell them we're building strong families. We're building
0: strong families. Who wants a strong family in here? Everybody say, that's me. Yep. Uh, I like it. I like it when they repeat me like that. I sound so ghetto.
1: Especially after after praise when everybody's (laughs) hype.
0: Yeah, it's great. I just want to clarify that I wasn't telling you men to cheat on your wives earlier. I was just saying, ladies, don't give them the excuse. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm just digging myself a deeper (laughs) hole.
1: (laughs) Moving right along.
0: So instead of nagging them, be like, babe, you worked so hard today. Would you like me to rub your hands and feet for yes, you? Yes, let's do Man, that. Man, these hands, they're working hands. Thanks for providing for me. And then you say, honey, those Christmas lights, really need to get hung <laughs> outside. Uh, you want to do that with you me? You want to hang them wanna... Christmas lights for me, baby? <laughs> and then he'll be like, babe, I'll do it for you. I mean, don't I'll even do worry about you. it. And I'll be like, okay, are you sure you don't want me to help you?
1: No, you just relax. I'll get it.
0: (laughs) So see, that works.
1: (laughs) Okay, let's see. Where are we going to start? Let's start with Matthew chapter 7, verse 24.
0: All right, let's do it. Matthew 27.
1: Matthew 7, verse 24.
0: Matthew 7.
1: Matthew 27.
0: (laughs) I'm getting there. Don't worry. It's right there. I know, but I like to read it from my thing because I can't see your Bible. It's too small. Building a solid foundation. (laughs) Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes and the torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey it is foolish, like a person who builds the house on a sand. When the rains and flood comes, the winds beat against that house and it will collapse with a mighty crash.
1: Words of Jesus speaking. And he's instructed us that if we build according to what he teaches, we're going to be building our homes on a solid foundation. I'll take a little bit more in the monitor up here. And so that's what we're doing, family. We're building solid on the word of God. Over the last few weeks, and you can watch them online, they're all on there. We've spoken about unity in the home. We've spoken about love being our highest goal. And that love is the standard that each member of the household needs to live by. Look at the person next to you and say, love is the standard. Right? And so we pattern ourselves after the unconditional agape love of God. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not jealous, boastful, proud, or rude. It doesn't keep record of wrong. It doesn't rejoice in injustice. It only rejoices when the truth wins out. Love never fails, never gives up, never quits. Amen? Love endures all things. So 1 Corinthians tells us what the love of God looks like. I suggest you memorize that scripture. Because if you don't know the scripture, how are you going to judge whether you're in love or not? You see, you've got to have something to compare your attitude and your thoughts to. So if this is my standard, the minute that I get irritated, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm stepping out of love. So then I correct myself and I say, I'm getting back into love and I'm not letting anything pull me out of this. Because the minute you step out of love, you step out of his presence. The minute you step out of love, you step out of his presence. And the enemy doesn't want you to walk in relationship, close relationship with the presence of God. You see, if a circumstance comes your way and you're in the presence of God, you can tap heaven for wisdom to bring a solution to that problem. But if you let that problem get on the inside of you now, you got chaos on the inside and you can't even think straight to solve the problem. And when you get hit with chaos on the inside, you spread it everywhere that you go. So love is patient. Sometimes you got to wait. Mm. And That's then why what, it's
0: good to make your kids wait sometimes because everybody thinks it's instantaneously. Mm-hmm. Here in America, everybody's like instant result, instant, instant, instant. You know what I mean? But you got to teach your kids how to wait it out.
1: Yeah, it's even what Pastor Celine is saying with money. Yeah. Like it's easy to use a credit card to go buy everything you want now, but then you're paying high interest and it's costing you later. That's that patient thing, right? And so love, we spoke about that. Last week when Misty was away, I spoke about pride and jealousy. So love is the way we're supposed to walk, but what happens if you step out of love and you step into pride and jealousy? The book of of James, is it Timothy or James? One of the two tells us, Timothy maybe, tells us that where there is pride or selfish ambition and jealousy There's evil and disorder of every kind. So that opens the door. The pride opens the door for the enemy to use you to bring destruction in your relationships. And I shared a practical example how this works in the household. If you tell your child to do something and they say, why me? Why should I do it? That's pride. What is my brother or sister doing? That's jealousy. That's how pride and jealousy work together. I and points fingers at others. And so when you see those spirit, it's a spirit. It's a spirit of pride. It's a spirit of jealousy. When you see that, you can't play with that. Oh, they're just having a bad day and and ease it over or give them their way. Because that thing will grow up to be like a demonic stronghold in your household. And you'll be coming to the pastor wondering how to get rid of the devil out of your house. And I want to encourage you. You need to raise your children in the things of God. Don't use them loving church as a punishment. When they don't do things your way. No, bring them to the church. That's the place they're going to get fixed. Don't take this from them. They need to be. Don't let them choose other things. You need as, as a household to put God first and to bring your kids to the house of God. That goes from dad to mom to the household. Can you say amen? Make this a priority Because this is where their minds are going to change. This is where all our lives change. This is where we learn. This is where we grow. This is how we learn to, to do things differently. The stuff that they're sharing about finances, it opens your eyes to see things that you can apply practically to bring change to your life. And we want to share practical things that you can do in your household to bring unity and order and peace into your household, so as a family, you can build things together. Because if you're fighting one another at home all the time, there's no peace in your household, and you'll never do anything for your family or for the kingdom of God. And I realized this last week. The reason why we're building strong families right now and laying this foundation is because of the increase that's coming in the next 12 months. And if we as a household, homes and a church, are not solid, when the weight of what's coming gets put on top, if our foundations are cracked, we're going to lose stuff. You see, we need people that are strong in the house of God to be able to disciple new people that are coming in. But if your household isn't strong, and we give you the responsibility to disciple some people, but then the weight of it, causes things to break in your life, and now you slip away. We lose those 12 people too. Because we can only reach what we can reach. We need the house to be strong, to be a support to people who are coming in. Are you with me? So this foundational stuff that we're talking about now is so that we're ready to handle the weight of the growth that's coming. Look at somebody and say, you're part of what God is doing. You're part of what God is doing. Amen? Amen. And so that's why we have Kickstart. We lay solid spiritual foundations in you so that you know how to grow and move forward in the things of the Lord. And how to help other people grow and move forward in the things of God. Yeah. Amen? Amen. And so we want to talk a little bit today about vision. Mm-hmm. Vision, and purpose. vision and purpose. And then next week we're going to get into structure, babe. Yeah. And so, building your, house on
0: building your house on wisdom is going to be next week.
1: So, look at somebody and tell them the greatest gift, the greatest gift that, God that God gave man was not sight, was not sight but, the gift of but
0: the gift of vision.
1: Look at somebody and say vision. vision. And they're two very different things. Because sight is a function of the eyes but vision is a function of the heart. We were not created to live by our eyes, by what we see. Because our eyes see what is, but our hearts see what can be and what's possible. And so when you live by sight, you live by limited things. When you live by vision, you live beyond the limitations. Mm, That's good. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. So your heart always sees something that you currently do not have in your life. And if you limit your vision to what's in your hand, you'll never go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't have that because I don't have the resources to do it. Pastor Selena was talking about, when you see it in your heart, you begin to speak it with your mouth. You need to begin to speak forth the things that you're believing for because there's death and life is in the power of your tongue and we were created in the image and likeness of God. So when you read the book of the covenant, the book of the law, and God says something belongs to you, it is showing you something you don't currently have in your life and you choose to agree with what God says, not what your circumstances say. And then you speak to the mountain and you create something with your words that don't currently exist in your life. This is how faith works. Can you say amen? amen? And so God has given us vision. So faith and vision are pretty much the same thing. Amen. Vision is a glimpse of your future and it defines your purpose. Vision is the ability to see your purpose in pictures in full color. If you can see where God wants you to go, and that's what the Word of God does. The Word of God shows you all the promises and everything that belongs to you in the covenant. And when you read it in the Word, it belongs to you. But if you can see it, you agree with it, you speak in line with it, and you go after it. And you can have what God said belongs to you. Mm -hmm. But you got to make a decision that you're going to get it. Can you say amen? Look at somebody and tell them, you're coming out of limitations. In this next year, you're going to have divine increase on every side. The spirit of wisdom and understanding is going to be poured out on you in dreams and visions. You're going to tap strategies from heaven. You're going to speak light into darkness. You're going to bring order into chaos. God is going to use you as light in darkness. Amen. Amen. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. That's it. I heard that. That was totally gangster. I love it. Hallelujah. hallelujah. When God created us. When God created you and I, God created us with purpose. His purpose in mind. You're not an experiment. You're not a mistake. God didn't just create you for fun, for you to be abused and beat up and, okay, sirrah, sirrah, what will be, will be. No, when God created you, He already had a purpose in mind. The way our God works is He sees the end, then He comes to the beginning, and He creates something to bring it to that end that He saw. Yeah. I was listening to um, Jesse DePlantis. If you haven't heard his testimony about his encounter where God took him to heaven for five hours, he like after forty years he redid it and he shares the thing, but he adds stuff to it and he's looking back at it now, like forty years later. It is so powerful. The lo- I felt the love of God so strong while I was listening to his testimony. And he said, when he went to heaven, he came before the Father. And he said, when God thinks something, a spirit is born. That shook me. Another thing he said was, God is a Father. He's always producing children. That's his purpose. So, God thinks, and then He creates a spirit that'll produce that thing that He intended to accomplish in the earth. And then He releases that spirit into a human body, but with the potential to fulfill what God designed them to do. So, you're not a mistake, you're not an accident. You were a thought in the mind of God and you were a spirit that came out of God for that purpose. So if you could ever discover what God created you to do, you will be successful. But you have to learn to follow the leading of God. Go to Psalm 139. I'm telling you, this house is loaded with purpose. Woo. And when you find purpose, you find provision. What I say go? Psalm 139. Hopefully that's where I want to go, but I think that's it. Uh, 139. So it says in 139, verse, let's start at, oh, it's all good. You can read it all at home. But 13, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, and how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. I was woven together in the dark of the womb. 16, this is where it gets really good. You saw me before I was born, and every day of my life was recorded in your book, Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Yeah. So God, huh, I mean, that's epic. He thought, of your, he thought of what He wanted to create. His thoughts towards you. He creates a spirit to accomplish what He thought to do. And it was written in a book. God saw you and knew you before you were even got a body in the womb. That's proof that you're a spirit made in the image of God. Because He knew you before you had flesh. You can get drunk on that. In Isaiah 46 verse 9 and 10. It says, remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning. From ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. So God's purpose to create you will stand. The plans and purposes God has for your life cannot be altered or changed. Can you say amen? Amen. And so your imagination is what God has given you to see the things that God has prepared for you. That's why we can't allow our imaginations to be clouded by things that are vain, things that are of the world. Mm -hmm. We have to guard our imagination because that's where God wants to show us the things that He's prepared for us. Say clean hands hands. and pure hearts. We're going to see God. So this is a cool statement. Say, my future is God's history. <laughs> so it's not a surprise to God. He already thought it all out. We're just discovering what God had in mind for us all along. Amen. So, you know, some people say, well, how do I know my purpose? How do I discover my purpose? Right? Number one, your purpose is found in God. He made us. He created us. So our purpose is going to be found in Him. You cannot discover what God has for you outside of God. That's why God gave us Jesus Christ. Right? When we get baptized, we get baptized into Christ. We, be, we are in Him. And it's in Him that we live and move and have our being. And in Christ, the kingdom comes open to you. In Christ, you get to know the thoughts of God. You can read First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, I hasn't seen it. Ear hasn't heard it. Mind does not imagine what God has prepared for those who love Him. And it continues to talk about that we've been given God's spirit so we can know God's thoughts. Psalms 139 says, Oh, how great are my thoughts for you. He wrote those thoughts in a book. That's why I tell you to get a journal and write on the front of the journal, God's word to me. Because there's very specific things that God wants to speak to you and show you concerning your life and your family. Amen. And family, we're going to tap the mind of Christ and the heart of God for what God has for us. This is a secret. Look at the person next to you and tell them this is important. You need to know this. Your vision, how do I know if it's from God? Your vision is not selfish ambition. If it's coming from God, it's not self-focused. It's not self-seeking. That's pride. Anything that's about more money, new car, new house, new stuff, more things, greater title. Anything that promotes you comes from your heart. It's an easy way to figure this out. When you get a vision from God, it is not self-centered. It's others-centered. It's about laying down your life to help somebody else. It's about giving your life to be a blessing to others. God has given each of us giftings and He's given us spiritual gifts and abilities so that we can help other people. And when you lay down your life to love others and serve others, that's where things begin to unlock for you. But you have to surrender your life first. That's why what we're doing in Kenya, what we're doing with kids, what we're doing with the church, it doesn't benefit us. But all these things were added unto us. We didn't run off to the stuff. We ran off to the kingdom first. God, what do you want us to do? I want you to start a church because the enemy's plan is to divide and conquer. And I've called you to restore relationships so my people can prosper. That's the assignment. You prospering when you come to know God. That's what I'm doing. That's what we're doing. Then the Lord speaks to her and says, I want you to go after the kids. Reach the kids. She sees a sea of children coming towards her. So what do we do? We launch the Youth Development Center. We start running after reaching the next generation. And the minute that you step into what God has for you, it just begins to explode and expand. We, we have not ex- stopped expanding since we started that youth development center. It has been all hands on deck all the time. Every time we get to a place, there's no more space. There's no more. Sp- We're coming to that place again where there's no more space. We had two locations, preschool, before and after school care, out of school suspension program. We've got the K through eighth grade school. We've got all the programs that we're doing.
0: Yeah. Project Rock has to use in here. Project Rock out of, is outgrown out
1: there. They're using this space now. It keeps expanding. We're now in South Africa. That's running. Thirty seven kids in aftercare, getting ready to launch the preschool. The stuff that we're doing in Kenya now. We're going to start going after orphans in that nation. This does not benefit us, guys. It wasn't about the money. Because we gave everything we had just to start it. We lived in a garage with our two children for years. We just got out of the garage again (laughs) nine months ago. We went back into the garage for three years.
0: Which is where we conceived all of our children.
1: <laughs> Thank God we didn't have another one.
0: I was in the garage, I was like, Dear Jesus, please. I was just saying. <laughs> you can't, nobody can hear what goes on in that garage. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna drink my water. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> Thanks for making that public, baby. That's fantastic. It's streaming worldwide. It's fantastic. And
0: listen, why are about to move in the garage? Hey! I'm kind of feeling grandkids coming for the Giacomo family.
1: <clears throat> right. One more scripture and I'll hand over to the madam.
0: See, I woke him up for you. <laughs> I'm not boring. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's a good one. All right. <laughs> Got me again, twice.
1: Paybacks are rough. Second uh, Chronicles 20:20. This is a story about Jehoshaphat who had <laughs> armies coming against him that he just couldn't <laughs> overcome. We're not coming back from this, I feel (laughs) it. And this is what he said. Hear me, O Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe the Lord your God, and you shall be established. But believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Mm. And so, when God gives a church, uh, when God puts a church in place, he gives them an assignment. Every church has a different assignment. The one thing that's that's the same in every church is to preach the gospel, get people saved, and to disciple them. To equip them, to train them, to raise them, right? That's the same for every ministry. But every ministry carries a different way of doing things, right? And they have a different target and a different assignment. When you see cookie-cutter churches, I mean... It does, what we're called to do fits who we are. And God flows through us as a couple in our personalities. God loves us just the way He created us. He doesn't want us to be anybody else. Look at the person next to you and tell them, God wants you to be you. You're an original. Don't be a cloner or a copycat. Be who God created you to be. Be confident in who you are in Christ. Amen? Because God wants to use you just the way you are. And so God has given us an assignment. And if you'll trust that we're hearing from God and that we're following the assignment, and you get behind that assignment, it'll bring you into prosperity. Because God's going to have to put the resources in your hands for us to get the job done. Are you with me? The reason for the wealth in the earth is to fulfill the covenant of God. But what we have is that there are people that are gifted, called, and anointed for the business realm, but they keep God out of it. And the minute that you bring God into your business, knowing that you're about your father's business, it's kingdom business, and it's about reaching and discipling the nations, and you will come under that using your business gift to fund the work of the kingdom you'll see wealth come into your hands like you cannot imagine. Amen? Amen? And so the Bible says in Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God. Let's be about our Father's business. Jesus goes on to explain in that passage of Scripture, He says, Unbelievers, the pagans, the world, they've made their priority running off to houses, cars, clothing, food. And they worry about these things saying, What are we gonna do? But Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God, live righteously, and all these things will be added unto you. So, everything we have been given by God, with no sorrow, everything we've been given by God is for the assignment. See, there's no sweat in having to figure it out. If you'll just tap into the assignment, God will bring whatever is needed to get the assignment done. We were talking about kingdom in our um, kickstart class this morning. And I heard, I was learning about ambassadors. I'm not one, I don't know too much about them. But I heard this, and correct me if I'm wrong. But an ambassador is a representative of that country in a foreign nation. Is that correct? And when you become an ambassador, your government covers all your expenses. They pay for your house. They pay for your car. They pay for your food. They pay you in the currency from the nation you come from. Where you live in that foreign country is like a little piece of the country you come from. Is this true? If there's war going to happen in that country, they send in the troops, to pull their ambassadors out so they don't get killed. Is that true? Well, it's the same thing with the kingdom of God. When you surrender your life and become an ambassador for the kingdom, God covers all your expenses. He provides your car. He provides your house. He provides your food. He takes care of your clothing. He'll protect you. He'll give you the wisdom you need and everything else you need for the assignment. Can I get an amen? Amen. And what I love about it is, Before Armageddon, he's going to take his ambassadors out of the country. Can you say amen? Amen. And so I want you to know that when you surrender your life to serve the king and his kingdom, I mean, everything that you need to get the job done, God's going to give it to you. He's going to give you the wisdom. He's going to give you vision. He's going to give you provision. And that's what we're getting ready to tap into on another level in this season. Can you say amen? So we're all called to serve. Look at the person next to you and tell him, we are all called to serve. Mark 10, 41 says, even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. And he gave his life as a ransom for many. In John 15, 12 and 13, Jesus speaking, he said, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. So we're all called to serve. Say that, Sally. We're all called to serve. So the question is, who will you serve? You want to read that scripture, babe? And
0: Joshua? Mm-hmm. Joshua 24, 15. It says, But if you receive... Refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors serve
1: the the gods your ancestors served served
0: served? beyond
1: the whatever Euphrates? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Euphrates, I mean It's a river. (laughs) Oh, it's a river. Yeah. All right. Or will you be or will it be the gods of
1: the Amorites?
0: Yeah, in the land that you now live. But as far as for me as and my for me. as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord.
1: Boy, mean, that was hard. I know. There's some big words in there.
0: Those were some big words. That's not my That's not my strength.
1: I got it, babe. Yeah, that's I'll why I love the preaching
0: next, next to you. It's perfect.
1: So you got to make a decision. Look at the person next to you. Tell him you got to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Which God are you gonna serve? Yeah.
0: And you have to make the decision that for me, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So that's why we had to put all that in you and talk about the vision because people that don't have vision perish, right? So you actually have to be in unity in your household with the direction that God has you going. And you have to stand firm and say, for me and my, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The Lord will come first no matter what. I'm not going to serve any other God. I'm not going to serve any other thing. I'm not going to serve my, wor- my work first. I'm going to serve God first. Amen? That's what I wanted to say. That's it.
1: Now you got more. I got Yokes. more?
0: Yokes. Oh, I was I was going to say, it's very important that you're equally yoked. So a lot of people think just equally yoked is I believe in the same God. But it isn't just believing in God, even if the person believes in God, but wants to go a completely different direction than you, you're not equally yoked. So it has to be, what is it? The two ox? How did you put it? Yeah.
1: So when they would have oxen plowing a field, they'd put these yokes on them that would tie two oxen together, right? So they've been yoked together. Well, what if one wants to go this direction and the other one wants to go that direction? The work for plowing the field will never get done because there's a struggle of power. And so in your household, as a husband and wife, there cannot be a struggle for the power. I want it my way. I want it my way. No, we're going to do it God's way. As for me and my household, that's the husband, that's the wife, that's the children we're all on the same page as to who we're serving. And we've made a decision. We're serving the Lord God Almighty. No other God will come before Him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you're not married, you need, to be, you need to make sure that you're tying yourself to someone who's going to plow the field with you in the direction that you're both meant to go.
1: It's important. And if you're a couple in here maybe newly saved or just coming into the things of God, you've got to make a decision how are you going to move forward with this foundation. There's so many denominations. There's so many different thoughts going on in church world. And you have to come to the place where you're going to build your life on the truth of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And anything that does not line up with the truth of the Word of God, you need to be willing to scrap Including your traditions. Including your traditions. Mufasa. (laughs) Amen. And if you don't get this worked out, you will have conflict every time there's a holiday. Because this is how we do it here. And this is how we do it there. And this is the way I do it. And this is the way I want to do it. And you have to talk those things out. Communication is a huge part of your relationship. And you have to discuss these things. I remember Misty and I, when we got together, we were still dating in the beginning. We were talking vision. I was talking what was in my heart. She was talking what was in her heart. I told her we're having a church and a club. That's what we got. And she said, we're going to reach kids. And we both agreed the performing arts and the arts was going to be part of everything we did. That was what we knew at that moment. That was what was in our hearts. So we took the step together, serving the Lord, running after that. We're Holy Ghost fire too. We're, we've got the Holy Ghost. we got the book of Acts kind of God on the inside of us. We've got a God who heals. We've got a God who saves. We've got a God who delivers. We've got a God who provides. We've got a God who's still on the throne. We've got a he, not, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What He did in the old days, He's doing today. He hasn't changed. And so we've laid this foundation of our belief system, what we believe. And there's still stuff we work through. Uh, and we've been working through it and we still work through it, but we communicate it and we figure it out. And they get some heated moments. Look at the person next to you, say, heated moments are good. good. Because what it is, it's two ideas clashing. And when those two ideas clash, the, the pride here fights for what it wants. And the pride here fights for what it wants. And neither side is willing to give. But when that hit happens, it exposes stuff in your hearts that need to be corrected. Those hits are really massive breakthroughs in your relationship when you talk it through and come into unity. Because on the other side of that, you're stronger than you were before it.
0: And when unity hits, nothing can stand against you. That means we're going to plow that field. It's it's happening. We're going to reach those kids. We're going to take those orphans in Kenya. Because we're in unity about it now. Now, when when things come our way and um, like opposition, that's like resistance. Trying to, resistance that's trying to stand in the way of of the vision that God has. From, happening then what we do is we're like no we go back to the word this is what God said this is what we're standing on this is what's going to happen and you know what we're going to do we're going to go sleep on it we're going to be like Jesus in the boat in the middle of the storm and we're going to go take a nap and when we wake up he's going to give us a solution we you sit in peace because you stand on the word and you're not like oh my gosh you got us into this mess now what are we going to do no, because we came into unity. We came into agreement. So when we win together, we win together. When we fail together, we fail together.
1: And we don't really fail.
0: No, very few times. There have been a few.
1: Yeah.
0: we were like, oops, that wasn't <laughs> Jesus. That was us.
1: <laughs> Quick to repent.
0: <laughs> Quick to repent. We're like, all right, Lord, take us back. What do we do? And he gives you all the wisdom. It just makes life great. So...
1: Psalm 112 says, praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commandments. Their children will be successful. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy. And their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. And so God blesses you when you serve Him yes. wholeheartedly. Bible says, Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Amen. Amen. So number one, who do you serve? Number two, Where will we serve? That's another important question that you building a strong household on the things of God is, where are we as a family going to serve God together? What is the place that God has called for us to be at? Go to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. It says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. Or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. We're not those people. Look at somebody and tell them we're not those people. people. But they delight in the law of the Lord meditating on it night and day. And they are like trees that are planted along the river bank. Bearing fruit each season. Their leaves will never wither. And they will prosper in all they do. So... The thing is, you have to make a decision: where am I getting planted? Because if you rip a tree out of the ground every three weeks, That tree, ain't happy. that tree, that tree going to die. It's it's not going to get the nutrients it needs. It's not going to get roots that are going to be strong. It's not going to have leaves that are green. It's not going to produce fruit every season. And so as a family, you need to make a decision. Where has God called me? Which church am I supposed to be part of? Where am I going to serve and bring my gifts and bring my family? What vision are we going to connect to? What house are we going to be part of? And when you find the place, you're going to get rooted. You're going to get grounded. You're going to get planted. Wanted, you will not be moved it doesn't matter what comes the wind the waves we are staying where God has positioned us and called us to be and no matter what comes at us we will flourish in every season yes. it's because of where you're rooted by the river of life and I'm telling you let me I'll say this too because when you come to a house of God that has the Holy Ghost and fire The purpose of the fire is to clean the heart out. The purpose of the fire is to purify and make you holy. And so when the fire comes, that's why you can't compromise what you preach and teach. So when the fire comes, people have the opportunity to get offended and leave. I can't believe he just said that. I'm offended. I hate him. I'm leaving. Walk out the door. No, when you've made the commitment that you're rooted and grounded and planted, you know that the word is coming to adjust you. And you're ready to make whatever God have your way in me. If there's anything in me that is not in line with what you want for my life, God, go ahead and bring the fire and cut it out of my life so that I am on solid foundation in you. And there are moments where it comes heavy. We've had some heavy moments. I remember my mom two, three weeks ago. She said, Nicholas, how do the people handle your preaching? I say, why, mom? Uh. <laughs> I know it's hard sometimes, mom. And sometimes it comes hard. Amen? But you need something that's in your face that's solid and strong to keep you on track. Amen? And sometimes we need correction and we need adjustments. And if it comes, oh, whatever you want to do, do it. That's not going to keep you solid and strong. But a lot of people can't handle that kind of stuff. You offended me, and now I'm upset. You, no, 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 and I'm leaving. You're going to make a decision. I'm rooted, I'm grounded, I'm planted. God, have your way. Amen. Say, who will, I serve? who will I serve? I'll serve the Lord God Almighty. I'll serve
0: the Lord God Almighty.
1: Where will I serve? that's something that you have to choose and y'all are here so i'm guessing you're serving right here can you say amen amen and then finally in ending today how will we serve what are you what are you going to get involved in where where are you passionate where is your heart where where do your gifts lie Which part of the ministry are you going to plug into, get rooted into, and give your life serving in that area? And then what is the attitude that you're going to serve with? Philippians 2.14 says, do everything without complaining and arguing. So that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people and colossians 3:23 says work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the lord rather than for people family these are three questions you have to settle in your household in putting god first in your life which god do we serve and that means you got to get rid of Crystal balls, you've got to get rid of Madam, whoever down the road, to get your palms read. That means you've got to get rid of horoscopes. Stop looking to Facebook to tell you what your future is. All that new age stuff that comes up. All of those things. A little bit of Jesus in my life. A little bit of... By my side. Reader. No, there is no mixture. Can you say amen? There's not a little bit of Buddha, a little bit of Muhammad, a little dream catcher hanging off your thing, my Bob Key. Coexist bumper sticker on your car. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life and there's no way to the father except through him you want to know your future it's found in him you don't need any of this other stuff you got to get rid of the self-help books and get yourself the best self-help book you'll ever need in your life the best Bible. Counseling ever. can you say amen And so family, you got to make some decisions as a household and say, this is where we're standing. This is who we serve. This is where we serve. This is how we serve. And we will not be moved. And when you settle that foundation in your household, you got God on your side. Stand with us.
0: And I just want to say, you know, if it wasn't for my parents that made this decision, when I was 12 years old, 11 years old, they put a big sign. They had it made for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. And me and my sister fight over that sign now because we all want it. But if they wouldn't have decided to show us the example, whether you are a single parent, whether you are a couple that you have decided that for me and my household we will serve the Lord, we wouldn't be here where we are today. But because of the example that they set for us, it make now it's generation to generation to generation. Now my kids are serving the Lord and their kids are going to serve the Lord. Amen. And it's amazing because their relationship with the Lord, now I have my relationship with the Lord. And so it's the best gift you will ever give your children is to lay their life down. And they have to watch you as the example lay your life down with a good attitude not not through rules and religion and tradition but through relationship with the Lord I'm choosing to walk this way I'm choosing to correct my attitude I'm choosing to correct my heart I'm going to show I'm going to be the example for my children so this thing will be a blessing generation to generation to generation Amen So this is this is don't take this lightly this is what makes your household strong. Amen. Yeah, I feel like dancing, dancing. Yeah, I feel like singing, singing.
1: When your peace overwhelms me, I have joy that's never ending. I'm singing, singing.
0: There's nothing more precious than you. Lift up your name, you are the way, the truth, and lie